So take your Bibles and let's go to Ephesians chapter four. And that's where we're gonna be in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter four. While you're turning there, I'll tell you about a story that I read about a man who needed to get a tree stump out of his yard in Michigan. And so he took some dynamite that he had in his garage to help him get the job done. Let's just say it worked a little too well. Turned that tree stump into an airborne missile that traveled 163 feet down the street where it crashed into a neighbor's roof, through the beams, through the dining room ceiling. Don't you know that was an interesting conversation the next time that they got together? Now I tell you that because I think it makes for the perfect word picture to describe what we're gonna talk about today. We're continuing the series that Pastor Dan started for us last week that we're calling Panned Emotions, Navigating the Emotions of chaos that we feel in a pandemic. And today, we're gonna to take up the emotion of anger. And we have to talk about that one because this is emotion which if we don't learn how to handle it with wisdom and self-control, it can become a dangerous explosive, sending things flying, doing great damage to other people in our lives. And who of us have, hasn't felt anger? We all feel it. You've felt it if you're a student with a teacher or with somebody else at school, you've felt angry before. If you're a teacher, you've felt it with students. If you go to work, uh, you're angry at somebody at work, an employer, an employee, somebody that you were colleague with, you feel angry. If you're married, if you're married, you've certainly felt anger. If your family, maybe parents you're upset with your kids or kids you're angry at your parents. Maybe you feel anger towards a relative who says snarky remarks or maybe just feel angry at a relative because they're your relative. Um, but my concern is that the, the anger quotient in many people's lives right now, especially while we're all cooped up and we've been quarantined, that anger quotient's been getting a little hot, a little high, a little towards that boiling point. And in some homes, um, even turning into abuse and violence. And so this is the pandemon emotion that we, I think, need to talk about today. And it's nothing new. We know that throughout history, people have had to navigate this emotion of anger. We see it throughout scripture, going back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, Cain and Abel, you see anger that's going on between one brother and the other. And you go through, you see it in Moses' life, at least eight times he had flashpoints, anger challenges in his life. You go into the New Testament, you see it in the Apostle Paul. You see it in Jesus' life himself, having to navigate anger. And so I want us to look at a passage that talks about this, I think in a very helpful way. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 26. So that you can understand the context, here's the context. Apostle Paul, he was one of the great Christian leaders at the very beginning of the Christian uh, 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 church. He was actually a church planter and would start churches in all these different cities all around the Mediterranean. And he's writing this letter to the Christians at the Greek city called Ephesus. And so in Ephesians 4, um, he's going to say, well, before I tell you what he says, 
Let me just give you the context. He's just been talking to them, saying, now, once you have Christ inside of you, once you have him inside of you, you're a new person in him. You're a new creation in him. But then he's going to say, but you know something that can really tackle you from the backside and drag you backwards? Anger. That's how he gets into this. Chapter 4, verse 26. Be angry, he says, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil a foothold. Let's stop right there. I think we can learn three things from this verse. If you're taking notes, here's the first one. Anger isn't necessarily sinful. It's not necessarily sinful. He doesn't say, you're never gonna get angry if you're a real Christian. No, he says, be angry but don't sin in your anger. So what is non-sinful anger? We should explore that. Tim Keller is, gives us some help here. He says non-sinful anger is that energy that's aroused inside of us to defend or protect someone who needs defending or protecting a good cause. It's also energy that is aroused within us to attack or destroy something that's wrong, something that's evil, something that is unjust. Like what? Well, suppose you saw one of your friends being bullied by some other people or, or being maybe a, a, a child with special needs who wasn't being cared for adequately or being bullied. And something inside of you says, that is not right. You would be right to feel that. Or suppose you saw some guys wheel into a parking lot and snatch a purse from an elderly lady and just wheel on out. And you're like, what just happened? Or suppose you saw someone who was, was, was abused or hurt or kidnapped or trafficked. You would have every reason to feel inside of you, this is not the way God meant it to be. And you would be absolutely right. God, it says, is angry at those things, is angry at evil. Those things are wrong. Even Jesus, he had to navigate it. And he navigated it well. Think of times where you saw his anger coming out, especially when the poor people or when the widows were being taken advantage of by those with authority. Or you see it uh, in that instance in chapter uh, three of Mark, Mark three, where this man had a withered hand and, and he needed healing. And, and Jesus is just getting ready to heal him. And all of a sudden the Pharisees say, uh, 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 you know, Jesus, it's the Sabbath. And technically we don't work on the Sabbath and healing, well, that would be considered work. So if you heal him right now, you're violating the Sabbath, gotcha. And what does it say in Mark 3, chapter 5, that Jesus says, after looking around at them in anger. Why? Because he was grieved at the hardness of their heart. He said to the man, you stretch out your hand. And he stretched out his hand. And his hand was restored. So anger, it's not necessarily sinful. We need to say that right up front. Not when we're attacking something that's wrong or something that's evil or protecting something that's right or good. Angry is not necessarily sinful. Be angry, but yet do not sin. That leads to the second thing. Most of the time, 
our anger, yours and mine, most of the time it is sin. Most of the time it is sinful. You know why? Because most times, if you get underneath the surface and try to figure out what is making you and what's making me angry, it's not something noble. It's not something that we're defending or protecting that needed defending or protecting or righting some wrongs. It's not that. Most of the time, what sets you and me off is if somebody cut in on us, somebody messed up our schedule, somebody destroyed you know, our sense of what we deserved, hurt our reputation, our agenda got knocked off course, our schedule, it affects our pride, it affects our selfish interests. I'll illustrate. Several weeks ago, I had some plans on a Saturday that finally looked to provide a little bit of, of a relaxation time for me, just to do some things that I needed to do of a personal nature to kind of get caught up. And then mid-morning, I hear Suzanne say, come downstairs, everybody downstairs. It's time for coronavirus uh, you know, chore Saturday. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, that's good. We need to do that. We, we all need to pitch in here, especially during the coronavirus. And so I uh, came down, we sat down right here. And she stands up at the front, she has the chart, and she starts uh, putting the names down and what the chores are going to be that we're going to do. And, and I saw my name coming, and I knew what she was going to surely put my name down. She was going to surely say, you're Ken, you're in charge of changing the bed sheets. Because I, I really, uh, I like changing the bed sheets. I'm, I'm good at changing the beds. I, I like it in the corners, just perfect. I like it in all the wrinkles pushed out. And, and I like the, 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 the bottom end, the, the, the feet just tucked in, just just, just right. And so I figured I can get that done pretty well. I can get back on my schedule. Everything's fine. And she gets to my name and she didn't say, you're changing the beds. She said, Ken, bathrooms. And that bothered me. Bathrooms, I'm thinking. What do I know about bathrooms? I don't like doing, but I, even before coronavirus, I didn't like touching toilets even then. I surely don't want to be doing the bathroom today. That this is just, uh, no, this isn't right. And, and I was, I was really kind of angry about this. And I took it personally that she gave me that duty. And then she says, now let's pray together and we'll do our jobs. And she led us in prayer and I bowed my head, but I confess I wasn't feeling very prayerful in that moment. Why? Because I was feeling angry. And she said, amen. And we all stood up and I went back to the bedroom and I started changing the bed sheets. <laughs> Let's just say it was a little icy in the house for an hour or two. Finally, she came back and closed the door and said, let's, let's talk about this. We had a really good talk. And, <clears throat> um, but suffice it to say, I was defending my schedule, my priorities. That's what had set me off. I wish I could say that it was something noble, but it wasn't. It was just, I just was feeling proud and, and hopeful for something that I realized, man, this is really gonna knock that kind of off course today. And friends, that usually is what sets you and me and all of us off. If you get down underneath it, we tend to release that toxicity, that anger, 
on others who've messed with our plans, our purposes, our schedules, our conveniences, our dreams, our ego, our pride, usually. So first thing, anger isn't necessarily sinful. Second thing, but with you and me, it's usually sinful. So what's the third thing? Third thing is, you and I, we've got to deal with our anger proactively. We've got to deal with our anger proactively. How? Three ways. I'll give you three things here. How do you deal with anger proactively? A, you got to admit your anger. If you won't admit what you're feeling, if you say, no, 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 I'm fine, you're not going to make much progress. You got to say, no, I think I am feeling angry. We kind of got to acknowledge it and kind of get it out there. You know why? I'll tell you why. Well, Paul tells us why. Look back at the text in Ephesians 4. It says, be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Why? So that you do not give the devil a foothold. He's saying, if you won't acknowledge it, if you won't admit your anger, you're going to have a problem. Not in this text, but in another text, we're going to be told the problem is that we're going to have the root of bitterness that starts to grow up in our soul. I remember when I was a, a, a child, uh, maybe in older elementary school, I think it was, my father and I, we, several years, we did a vegetable garden behind our garage. And we grew all sorts of things. And, and it really made some pretty good vegetables. I remember being most intrigued by the root plants because the root plants really don't give you a sense, at least if you're not trained, on how they're really going. All you see is some little stems that are coming out. So you imagine not much is happening there. But I remember dad then would say, okay, I think this set of carrots or this set of radishes, I think they're ready. So here's what you do. You take your fingers like this, you put them on the stem, and then you're going to pull it out. And I remember pulling it out and there's this big old honking carrot, this big old honking radish. And I was like, what do you know? I just didn't see that underneath there. No, you can't see it. And that's what bitterness can do in our relationships. If we aren't going to admit it, if we're not going to acknowledge it, if we're going to let the sun go down on our anger. See, that's what happens. Person says, no, I'm fine. And you go to bed. The next day, you're not fine. You just keep going. It's a little icy. You go to bed again that night. It's still icy. You do it a third night, maybe a whole week. The whole home feels not quite right. What's happening? Underneath the surface, there's some anger. And if you're not careful, that's going to turn into the root of bitterness. And before long, one of these days, there's going to be carrots, there's going to be radishes, there's going to be tree stumps, and they're going to be flying everywhere. And people are like, whoa, this isn't fair. What was the problem? You weren't admitting, you weren't acknowledging, hey, there's a problem. I got I to dig into this a little bit. Second way that we deal with it proactively after admitting it or acknowledging it, Second thing that we're going to have to do is we're going to have to analyze it. You have to put it under the microscope for a few minutes and say, what's going on here? 
Is this some sort of noble thing that, that I, I'm sort of trying to right this wrong or, or this sort of, sort of thing? And maybe you say, no, I'm, I'm genuinely, I am so mad at what society is doing to these people or what those bad people are doing to innocent children and they're using them as property and they're trafficking them or those sorts of things. Okay, not sinful anger, good analysis. But again, most of the time that's not what's going on. It's nothing noble. You've, it's more probably along the lines of, what is making me angry? I'll tell you what's making me angry. I feel cooped up. I am got to go out in seven weeks. I am sick and tired of this. I'm tired of my family. I gotta get out of here, and that's why I'm feeling angry. Well, in that case, okay, I get it. Everybody gets it. Who of us hasn't been feeling that? But, you're right on the edge. And there's nothing noble about this. <laughs> if you give way to what would feel good in your flesh just to let it fly, that's gonna be sinful anger. And it's gonna create damage that then you're gonna have to go back and, and repair with people from things that you said or did in that hot moment, okay? So we gotta analyze it. And then the third thing, after we've admitted it, after we've acknowledged it, then we've got to figure out how can I transform what I'm feeling into something constructive. So I told you, Suzanne came back and we closed the door and we had a conversation. And that conversation turned very constructive because once she kind of shared her frustration with me and I shared my frustration, I'm angry about it, I, I want the bathrooms. We kind of got it all out, but we got underneath it and began to analyze it. And we were able to say, I was able to say, hey, you know, I understand. This is really a taxing season for you, baby. I understand. We don't ever leave here. We're always here. We're always using dishes. There's di dirty dishes all the time. A and we eat all our meals here and we do our school here. And we do our homework here and we do our church here. And I'm doing five and 10 Zoom meetings a day here and nothing feels normal. And I can see, I understand why you feel like we, we all need to pitch in a little bit more. And you're right. At the same time, I said, I, I, I need you to understand. I'm feeling some stress myself. I got thousands of people looking to me for, for leadership, for spiritual leadership, to make sure that, that we're, we're, we're steering this, this ship through kind of tumultuous waters right now. And I got a staff of 80 or so that, that are saying, what do we do and how do you want it? And how do we improvise? And how do we do this kind of ministry in a new sort of way? And I think, I just had seen today coming and I saw maybe a few hours and I was just gonna kind of get some things right-sized in my own life, get some little personal chores done, get my study cleaned up. And, and then when you said bathroom, I don't know, it just, it just kind of set me off. But we were able to get beneath that and it got constructive and our relationship got better. We were able to get to forgiveness and we were able to get all the chores done that, that needed to get done. And so that's, that's what the Lord's telling us in this passage. But I know there's a problem. There's one more problem. We have to talk about that briefly. You say, okay, that's great. The only problem is I can't do that. I, I know myself too well. I can't do it. I will blow it. Yeah, you probably will. And so will I. 
And so will all of us. None of us can do it. Not on our own strength can we do it. And so you'd see, it's for that reason that God sent us his son, our savior, Jesus, to come into this world to live the life of sinless perfection that we couldn't live so that he could die the death of punishment that you and I deserve so that he could rise on the third day and conquer the grave that all of us would never conquer if it weren't for his rising, giving us access to life, giving us access to hope. And then when he went back to the Father, he did one better. He sent us his spirit to come inside of us. So he didn't just leave us with a mandate and say, now here, I want you to go into all the world and make disciples, and I want you to be a lot like me. Just sort of follow my example. That's not what he did. He said, no, I want you to go into all the world and I want you to make disciples, and I'm gonna be with you always. How can you be with me and you and you and you and the next person? How can you do that with everybody? Through the power of my spirit living inside of you. And so friends, the last thing that we need to talk about is the importance of the filling of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Some of you say, I don't, I don't think I've ever really trusted Christ in the first place, so d d I probably don't even have the Holy Spirit. That's true. And so in a moment we'll pray and I'm gonna invite you to, 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 to trust in Christ and ask him to come in and, and forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of unrighteousness and fill you full with his spirit. But most of us, you've done that. You've trusted in Christ. The problem is you're not accessing the power of his spirit and you're operating in your own flesh and you get impatient and you start exploding. You say, you know what, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm being a very good Christian. I, I feel like there's all this, this dichotomy with what I know and what I believe and yet how I'm doing, how I'm, how I'm acting and what I'm saying. Well, mightn't it be that you just need to go back to the basics and say, Jesus, I wanna open up all the doors of my heart once again, give you access, give your Holy Spirit access to, to come into me and to fill me full of the fuel, of the power that you came to offer. Because friends, that is the only way we'll be able to stay fresh, especially during a pandemic. That's the only way our souls will be able to stay soft and full of grace. Because with him inside of us, we can access, we can remember what he's done for us on the cross. The grace that he has shown us, we'll remember. Now he gives us that grace that we can show it to others. And subsequently, we don't have roots of bitterness flying all around. We have the fruit of the spirit that will grow up inside of us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And those things, friends, those things are what we wanna see growing up in our life. It's what I want for me. It's what I want for you. It's what I want for all of us. So let's pray. Now, Lord, all of us have to navigate anger. That's a real emotion. It's a big one. It's a dangerous one. Forgive us, Lord. Many of us are hearing this and saying, boy, have I blown it lately. Every one of us, surely in this pandemic, we've had our own moments. Won't you give us grace? Won't you help us to forgive ourselves Help us to start there. 
And, and for those who are watching who have never said yes to Jesus in the first place, I pray even now that this would be a, a key moment that right now, friend, even as you're watching, even as you're praying, you might say, Jesus, I'm asking you, would you come inside of me through the power of your Holy Spirit? Would you take up residency inside of me? Forgive me of my sins, cleanse me of unrighteousness and fill me full of your power living inside of me so that I might live in accordance with your ways and walk in accordance with your will. And for the many of us who we've trusted in you, Jesus, but especially during a pandemic, we just maybe have forgotten to access your strength, your spirit, reminding ourselves of the gospel, reminding ourselves of what you've done for us, how much you've forgiven us, and how much grace we'll need in turn to show other people. Fill us anew with your spirit so that we might walk in ways that glorify you and lift up others. We pray it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.